welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for preventative mental health, love and compassion. I'm really happy you could join us. I'm Caroline Heim and here is Dr. Christian Heim. Hello again. And today we continue our series reading Dr. Heim's book, Negotiating Diversity with Insights from Science and Clinical Psychiatry. In today's episode, we're going to continue giving you some really practical techniques. We'll challenge you to dare to be different and then enter the expectation-free zone. If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word and recommend them to others. And just as a heads up, there'll be a few pauses along the way where I ask Dr. Heim some questions. Step four, dare to be different. Can I safely divulge more of myself? I'll decide to dare to be different. Ultimately, the aim is for all of us to be able to understand and accept each other's diversity. But how can that happen if we're too afraid to show our own diversity? We're all diverse in our beliefs and behaviours, yet afraid to show this because of the initial hostility, which, as the mere exposure effect shows, is a scientific reality. Now, it may be unwise to blurt out your religious beliefs, sex expression, or political stance when someone has just declared their opposing stance. But if somebody asks you, well, what do you think about that? Aim to be honest if you're going to go to the next step in building a friendship, or avoid the topic if you'll never see them again. Lying just doesn't build trust. And by asking the question, someone has declared their willingness to listen to your honest answer unless they're just out for hostility. As trust is built and respect is exchanged, social masks can slowly come down. There comes a time when you can dare to be different, to let someone else know things about you which may not seem acceptable on an initial encounter. You're trusting them. This can only be done if you too are trustworthy. It can deepen an initial acquaintance. The aim is for us to honestly be ourselves, Now, this is much easier to achieve on an individual level. If you can allow others to dare to be different, then you too can dare to be different. This is reciprocity-based altruism, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you is a great maxim. Be kind, be generous, be caring, be friendly. Now, it stands in stark contrast to mafia-based altruism, do unto others before they do you. But even this may not be enough in a world of great cultural diversity. We easily assume that people want the same things that we do. They mostly do, but not everyone does and not always. In our diverse world, we may need to go the extra mile with this and aspire to the following. Do unto others as you believe they would like you to. But how do you know what they want? Ask. This is respectful. Asking leads to a deeper discussion on individual preferences. Asking and listening leads to deeper connection. There are, of course, limits to do unto others as you believe they would like you to. Others may like you to be their slaves, agree with everything they say, give them money or do them favours. We need to stay true to our personal values and have boundaries to limit others' abuses. The maxim, therefore, can be refined to do unto others as you believe they would like you to, up to a point. Now, you may say that's not fair. Why should I behave like they want me to? Well, that's what you want from them, isn't it? We're back to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Oh, well. The reality is that after an interesting conversation about differences and preferences, you naturally begin to treat them the way that they would like to be treated, and they do the same. 
we naturally adjust to each other when we make a connection and like each other. It's part of bridge building. It happens as we befriend people. The mirror neuron system in the brain, under the influence of oxytocin and a very active anterior cingulate cortex, naturally adjusts our behaviour whenever we're negotiating a new culture, group or individual. This natural process of doing unto others creates a safe space for you both to dare to be different and to be accepted, applauded, build a bridge of trust and connect on common ground. Practical ways to dare to be different. Stay chill. C-H-I-L-L. Cultivate curiosity. Have helpful words and phrases. I statements for respectful conversation. Like something about them quickly and listen. Cultivate curiosity. Curiosity is expressed in asking questions. It puts the focus of attention on the other person and shows you care about their mental state. Curiosity leads you to accept and applaud, build bridges and connect on common ground. In daring to be different, you use questions to check another person's mental state, ask their permission for you to dare to be different, and check if it's safe to do so. Uh, can I tell you how I see myself as different from others? There are different ways of being different. Would you like to hear mine? Would it surprise you to hear that I've had some of those experiences? <laughs> Look, if you promise not to laugh, I'll let you in on a little secret about me. These address process, how to talk, while furthering content what we're talking about. You monitor the situation, care for the other's feelings and shore up safety for yourself. Then you can be as different as you dare. Now, different in some circles may mean being really liberal or really conservative, a big risk taker or nothing of a risk taker, a person who is with other people constantly or being a loner. Being different is, well, different for each of us. Helpful words and phrases. As always, negative words, no, no way, I can't believe that, you've got to be joking, and a sarcastic, caustic or critical tone hinders creating a space where either of you can dare to be different. Whereas positive words, yeah, sure, ah, see what you mean, okay, that's good, and phrases help create this space. If daring to be different raises criticism, cynicism or outright hatred, less people will feel comfortable to be their different selves. The aim is for all of us to be comfortable being ourselves around each other. I statements. I think that or I feel that allow you to dare to be different unthreateningly. Yeah, I cross-dress sometimes. Yeah, I believe in God too. Yeah, I, I've got really liberal views on that. Yeah, I've got really conservative views in that area. Social media is full of stereotyping to keep us shocked and to keep people in falsely conflicted polarisation. There are many LBGTQI people who have a faith in God. Many people of faith who welcome all LGBTQI people, and yet this is hardly heard in the media. People on either side of politics can be united in another area of diversity, faith, sex, gender or health issues. I statements get down to the reality that we are each individuals capable of straddling diverse groups. Now, I pause here because I find this is really helpful. It doesn't have to be either or. It's good to be aware that the media particularly likes promoting this polarisation and party line thinking to keep things sensational. Well, we've got to keep in mind what the media's purpose actually is. And the bottom line, unfortunately, is to make money yeah. and to keep us engaged in social media. And so social media has this 
agenda to keep us polarized because then we will be shocked and we will start looking at things in the way that they want us to. Right, And I know this is an us and them mentality because this is a very complex area, but we are actually all different and capable of just being ourselves rather than the stereotypical boxes that we're being fed. So it's kind of good when you get one of those ideas in the media to then perhaps stand outside of yourself and say, okay, well, let's just look at this critically and, and, and examine it from that perspective. That's one very good way of doing it, to look at something critically. But whenever we're engaged with social media, it's not our critical brain that tends to be on. It tends to be our emotional brain that's on because we usually watch the media or the news while we're trying to relax. True, true. If we actually sat down and went, okay, I'm critically going to look at the news for this next 10 minutes and I will think about how true it actually is or how unbiased it is, we would actually do better. But that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's because news has become entertainment. It's one of the things. News is entertainment. Like them. Finding something you like about them paves a way for daring to be different. Whenever friends or family members disagree, they feel out of relationship momentarily, but they lean on the trust built over many years to get through the discomfort. Even after meeting someone for a few minutes, trust is built. You lean on this to get through difficult patches in the conversation. Find something you like about someone and convey it through your social brain and eyes to build more trust. This gives you more to lean on. Listen. Listening is already a way of daring to be different. There is much emphasis in our society on asserting yourself, your rights, and taking care of number one, yourself. Dare to be different. Dare to listen. Just for a while, dare to give them priority of place. Listening is the most powerful tool to accept, build bridges, make a connection, and secure the space to dare to be different. Step five, enter the expectation-free zone. What if we just let us be us? I can choose to be expectation-free. People call New York City a melting pot. In my view, it isn't. A melting pot melts down people so they all mix together so you can't tell them apart. In New York City, people mix together and intolerance is melted away, but they don't lose their individual identity. How do they do that while getting along? By entering the expectation-free zone. New York City as a Melting Pot comes from the title of a 1908 play by Israel Zangwell dedicated to Theodore Roosevelt. The story is of a Jewish composer who flees anti-Semitic atrocities in Russia, where his whole family was killed. He writes a symphony, hoping for a world where musical harmony can melt away hatred. In New York City, he falls in love with a Christian woman and finds out that her father committed atrocities on his people in Russia. The father confesses. The symphony is played and the lovers unite. Intolerance melts away, but not their individual identities. The play was last performed in New York City in 2006 and in London in 2017. With the overtones of Romeo and Juliet and with the Statue of Liberty as a backdrop, the play pleads for peace amidst diverse tensions. What the world needs is a great big melting pot, rings out a song of 1969. But in reality, we want to keep and celebrate our diverse uniqueness. What we wish to melt away is the hostile feelings. And with a mere exposure effect, they can be melted away. The New York I lived in at the end of the 20th century retained the hallmarks of the New York of 1908. People of different cultures keeping their culture, sharing their identity as New Yorkers, and keeping respect for entering the expectation-free zone. People in a small town are relatively homogenous. 
common heritage, culture, mannerisms and expectations. This makes for comfort and peace. The larger the town, the more heterogeneous a group of people become. Differing features, heritage, mannerisms, culture and more diversity. Things can no longer be assumed as the proper way to do things around here. In very large towns like New York City, London, Paris and Sydney, there is so much diversity that expectations are almost dropped completely. An expectation-free zone is unconsciously declared. Ha! Ah, stop trying to fit in. Lots of people are different in this town. You can be who you want to around here. Just mingle and get lost in the crowd. Social mistakes and misunderstandings occur, but it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has to negotiate this. So we relax the rules. We let go of the expectations. There's more give and take. Yet, amidst the diversity and relaxed expectations, a new culture grows to accommodate the diversity. It includes flexible expectations. So what if he laughs a lot and dresses in those clothes? That's okay around here, as long as he's okay with it. So what if she keeps to herself and does those things? That's okay around here, as long as she's okay with it. So what if he's spontaneous and carefree? That's okay around here, some folks like it. So what if she's hyper-organized and punctual? That's okay around here, some folks even like it. Extrapolate these ideas to include anybody's expression of ethnicity, sexuality, gender, religion, age-appropriate values, or health-related difference, and you can appreciate how entering the expectation-free zone helps us negotiate diversity. We don't have to do what others do. We don't need to share their values. We don't even have to like their lifestyle. We simply accept that they live their lives while we live ours. We don't have to agree. We live and let live. Something more of this attitude goes on in some of the larger cities and towns of the free world. But surely there are limits. I mean, I need to expect that other people won't hurt me. If what they do hurts me, that's too much. I, I can't live with that. Yes. No need to argue the extreme. We're just taking a little more. A little more acceptance. A little more understanding. A little more live and let live. A little more agree to disagree. This brings us back to the state of nature and John Locke, who articulated our unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of property or happiness. Locke expressed the limits of liberty when it threatens another's right to life and the limits to the pursuit of property and happiness when it threatens another's liberty. Based on his ideas, you can do what you want as long as you don't hurt anybody else. This idea is enshrined in law and moral precepts. It accommodates entering more of the expectation-free zone with the limiting expectation of, but don't hurt others. And another thing with this is if we don't have expectations of others, they can't let us down and they can't hurt us. I mean, I know I digress a little bit, but expectations we have of others are often the main source of our hurt in relationships. That's actually a very good point, that a lot comes from our expectations. And so in a society with a lot more relaxed expectations, uh, we actually hurt each other a whole lot less because, almost by definition, we're accepting each other more. Practical ways to enter the expectation-free zone. There is no society which is completely expectation-free. What I encourage you to do is to enter into a zone which is a little more expectation-free. Aside from being chill, C-H-I-L-L, -L, cultivating curiosity, having helpful words and phrases, I statements, liking something and listening, the following will help. Visit a large city or parts of a large city with people of different cultures. 
go to the celebration of a particular culture or diverse group, festivals, parades, marches, religious services, or volunteer at hospitals and daycare centres for people with various health conditions or disabilities. Get to know diverse others. This will bring meaning to your life as you interact with diverse people. All over the world, you'll find that people are people. The more you interact with diverse others, no matter what their diverse group is, the more you will accept them. That's the mere exposure effect at play. Monitor your own feelings, reactions and expectations. Observe others' mannerisms and expectations. When you interact with others, be respectful and friendly. Some interactions are universally seen as friendly. Polite smiles, polite appropriate eye contact, friendly gestures and polite words of greeting. In some cultures, too much eye contact or too open a smile or too many nice words are looked upon with suspicion. Suspicion and distrust are particularly problems in a world of hostility. Suspicion and distrust only breed more suspicion and distrust. To understand what is appropriate eye contact, smiles, gestures and words, trust your mirror neurons. Our brain's empathy centres are constantly working to help us make adjustments to get on better with people around us. Yours will too, and you'll get on better with other people. The only thing that stops this process is not exposing yourself to different people. Without exposure, the mere exposure effect cannot work. Take home message, expose yourself to diverse people. Cultivate diverse friendships. This is one of the most powerful ways of entering an expectation-free zone. When you cultivate friendships with people different in faith, ethnicity, gender expression, sexual expression and age, your brain adjusts. It lets go of previously held expectations to accept new differences. Your brain wants to get on with others and it naturally looks to build trust. Friendship offers a safe framework to ask questions about someone else's life, the need for respect and expectations, and gives you a safe framework to share more of yourself. Take home message, make diverse friends. By staying chill, C-H-I-L-L, Visiting culturally diverse places and people, befriending people from diverse backgrounds and monitoring your own expectations and reactions, you'll be doing all that you can to be entering an expectation-free zone. It's my thinly veiled way of saying, expose yourself to different people for the mere exposure effect to happen. Five-step summary. That's it. I've now imparted as much as is needed for you to apply the science of relationships to the task of negotiating diversity and diverse people as an individual. Here's a small summary. In people interactions, we can do with more non-competitiveness. Less attack, defend, manipulate, coerce, stonewall and withdraw. More social brain engagement, vulnerability and disarming techniques. Diverse groups include someone's ethnicity and culture, sexual expression, gender expression, religion, age, political persuasion, health group, people living with mental illness or disability, socioeconomic status. Stay chill, C-H-I-L-L, when communicating. Curious, to move down the mere exposure effect pathway. Have helpful words and phrases which are positive and accepting. I statements, use them to show you accept difference. Like something about the other person. Listen. And employ the five steps of A, B, C, D, E. A, accept and applaud difference. B, build bridges. C, connect with common ground. D, dare to be different. E, enter the expectation-free zone. Enjoy all your people interactions. People are diverse, interesting, and unique. Each person is a unique universe unto themselves. Your brain thrives on the challenge of interacting with these different universes. It's an experience which can be satisfying and mutually enriching. It can lead to friendship. 
Have enough people use the mere exposure effect in this way, and understanding and acceptance in society becomes more of a reality. This is all fine when dealing with distant other people, but the last chapter will deal with situations which are very personal, close and uncomfortable. So please join us next episode for the most challenging aspects of negotiating diversity. Take care during these difficult times and remember that everyone is still carrying a few extra pounds of anxiety, so be gentle with yourself and others. Catch you next time.